Welcome to the Crypto Altruism Podcast, the podcast dedicated to highlighting the intersections of social impact with blockchain, cryptocurrency, and Web3. I'm your host, Drew Simon from CryptoAltruism.org. Now, before we get started today, just a quick disclaimer. While we may discuss specific projects or cryptocurrencies on this podcast, please do not take any of this as investment advice, and please make sure to do your own research on any potential investment opportunities. And now, on to the fun stuff. Welcome and thanks so much for joining today for the 40th episode. That's right, the 40th episode of the Crypto Altruism Podcast. I can't believe that we've already reached 40 episodes considering that it feels like we just launched the podcast yesterday. The first 40 episodes have been truly amazing as we've welcomed some extraordinary guests that are leading the way in the Web3 social impact ecosystem. Help us get the word out by following or subscribing to the podcast and consider supporting us by buying us a coffee. We rely on the support of the community to keep putting out this content, so everything helps. Anyways, more information in the show notes and on to today's episode. For today's episode, we're going to talk about one of the most powerful social impact implications of blockchain and Web3, the ability to remove the quote-unquote middleman from the equation. You know, the person or entity that maybe at one point served an important purpose, of which is simply not required anymore because of blockchain. When it comes to social impact in Web3, the most obvious examples are projects that encourage crypto giving or organize around a certain charitable cause, And this is what the podcast has primarily focused on through our interviews and discussions on use cases. But sometimes the less obvious use cases can be just as impactful. And this is certainly the case when it comes to blockchain and Web3. One of the biggest benefits for humanity that will be ushered in by blockchain is the role it will play in helping cut out the middleman or intermediary organizations that have traditionally funneled money away from the average individual and put it in the hands of the already wealthy. Inherent in the Web3 space is the value of decentralization and By helping take power away from the center and redistributing it to the periphery, blockchain will usher in greater equity and inclusion for traditionally underserved populations. William Mugayar, chair of the Kin Foundation, sums it up well when he states, and I quote, the blockchain symbolizes a shift in power from the centers to the edges of the networks, unquote. So how exactly does decentralization or cutting out intermediaries lead to social impact? Well, these intermediaries can often play a gatekeeper role, preventing those from traditionally underserved populations, such as the unbanked, from gaining access to the tools and means to financial empowerment. They can also come at a significant cost, often to the content creator, the artist, or the small business person. They can exacerbate pre-existing inequities in our financial, business, economic, and social systems. To drive home this point, there are three specific areas I will highlight in this episode of how blockchain can eliminate these intermediaries, resulting in greater equity and empowerment for the average person. First, we will look at it through the lens of financial inclusion. Second, we will discuss how NFTs can help cut out intermediaries, leading to greater independence and autonomy for creators. And finally, we will explore how blockchain can and will positively disrupt the service economy. First, let's chat about financial inclusion. In the words of Silvio Micali, founder of Algorand, and I quote, the power and advantages of decentralization are becoming increasingly clear. We deserve a financial system where no one can be censored or excluded from full participation, There are an estimated 2 billion unbanked people around the world. This means that they lack access to the basic financial instruments that many of us take for granted, including bank accounts, loans, credit cards, insurance, and more. By lacking access to these vital financial tools, these individuals face barriers to full economic participation, reinforcing the cycle of poverty and existing inequities. These individuals often come from traditionally marginalized populations and rural or remote areas within emerging economies. One study conducted in 2021 ranked countries based on the percentage of their adult population that was unbanked, and the top five countries were, in this order, Morocco with 71% being unbanked, Vietnam at 69%, 
Egypt at 67%, the Philippines at 66%, and Mexico at 63%. So why exactly is this the case? Or in other words, why are there so many unbanked people around the world in 2022? Well, banks, with the exception of a select few, exist to create wealth for shareholders, plain and simple. There is not money to be made in individuals that live in rural or remote regions with low incomes and, as such, these individuals are denied the opportunity to participate in the financial system. These areas also might lack the basic infrastructure that financial systems require to operate, and thus banks aren't willing to invest there. Blockchain and cryptocurrency present an alternate vision, one where anyone, regardless of their circumstances, are able to access financial instruments. As a result, we have seen projects emerge within the decentralized finance or DeFi movement that provide financial services to the unbanked. DeFi, in short, is a catch-all term for decentralized blockchain-based services that enable basic financial transactions, such as the earning of interest, borrowing of money, storing of cash, and purchasing of insurance. One example of a DeFi project supporting unbanked populations is KotaniPay, which allows individuals to send and receive money via blockchain without the need for internet connectivity, a smartphone, or a bank account. Another example of a unique project that cuts out the middleman to deliver vital financial services is Etherisk, a decentralized insurance protocol that uses smart contracts and Chainlink's Oracle to deliver automated insurance to underserved smallholder farmers. One organization that's specifically looking to address the challenge of a lack of access to financial instruments for smallholder farmers is AgUnity, a project which, and I quote, provides a means to reach remote users, establish reliable and efficient lines of trade, or simply resolve transparency and provenance issues in food chains through a remotely managed, secure, and accountable online platform. We actually interviewed the team behind AgUnity for episode 28 of our podcast, so make sure to check it out. Their platform contains many features to help users gain access to financial services, make secure digital transactions, gain access to -to up-to-date information to inform purchasing decisions, and to connect with other local farmers, among many other things. These are just a few of many examples of organizations and projects that are aiming to cut out the middleman and deliver vital financial services to traditionally underserved populations. The benefits, from a social impact lens, are immense. For those utilizing blockchain-based quote-unquote banking services, it enables them to send and receive money to family without going through costly intermediaries such as Western Union. It allows them to safely store their funds as opposed to having to hold cash, while also allowing them to hedge against inflation. It allows them to finally have insurance to protect them in the event of extreme weather that could wipe out their crop harvest and their livelihood with it. In summary, cutting out the middleman in financial services helps underserved populations fully access and participate in the economy, save money from processing fees charged by intermediaries, and have access to tools that protect them in the event of a life-altering emergency. That is, the same tools that the big players have had access to for decades. They can simply help even the playing field. Now, let's shift and chat NFTs. Naval Ravikant, co-founder of AngelList, states, and I quote, It's kind of almost silly to sit around talking about what you can do with NFTs. You can do anything with NFTs that you can do with a web page. But on top of it, you can have scarcity and ownership and allocation and rights associated with it. This is really big, unquote. We've all heard of the story of the starving artist, right? The one barely scraping by, spending every last penny on ramen noodles while they couch surf? Whether you are a musician, a painter, or a photographer, entry to the professional arts world can be extremely prohibitive. If you're lucky enough to be born in a developed economy with a thriving art scene, you still have to deal with professional studios, record labels, and talent scouts that act as the gatekeeper to the world of professional arts. And then, if you do get in, you are working for them and providing most of your economic value to them, them being the middleman or the intermediary. Let's look at professional musicians, for example. Record labels typically pay out only 10-15% to of album retail, with the vast majority going back to the label and their wealthy owners or shareholders. 
Spotify, on the other hand, pays an average royalty of a measly 0.004 cents per stream. These intermediary organizations funnel profits away from artists and into the pockets of the likely already rich owners or shareholders. NFTs, on the other hand, provide an opportunity for artists to take full ownership of their work and all the financial benefits that come with it. Furthermore, access to career in professional arts has typically been restricted to those who are lucky enough to be born in developed economies and those who aren't are typically out of luck. As an artist in the NFT space, you don't need to go through a professional studio or a record label to bring your works to the market, and it doesn't matter where you were born, although obviously those from wealthy backgrounds still face great advantages. Now, on a side note, it is clear that the NFT space has a long way to go in terms of being the most inclusive it can be, as it is still dominated by males from wealthy countries. However, there are some amazing NFT projects that are looking to change this and build a more inclusive and diverse Web3 ecosystem. If you're interested in learning more about some of these great projects, check out the curated list section of CryptoAltruism.org for some great examples. Anyways, in summary, by cutting out the middleman or gatekeepers in the professional arts world, in this case the studios, talent scouts, and record labels, and instead bringing works directly to the market via NFTs, artists can take full ownership of their careers and their economic value. Finally, let's wrap things up by chatting about how Web3 will positively disrupt the service economy. Vitalik Buterin, co-founder of Ethereum, states, Whereas most technologies tend to automate workers on the periphery doing menial tasks, blockchains automate away the center. Instead of putting the taxi driver out of a job, blockchain puts Uber out of a job and lets the taxi driver work with the customer directly. Unquote. Although this use case is more in its infancy than the first two presented, the opportunity when it comes to decentralizing the service economy is truly amazing. One of the biggest challenges in today's work environment is that you aren't truly getting paid for the value of the work that you produce. Up until about the early 1970s, increases in worker productivity were matched consistently with increases in hourly compensation. However, this all changed in the late 1970s when compensation and productivity began to diverge rapidly. In fact, according to the Economic Policy Institute, between 1948 and 2018, productivity increased roughly 253%, while hourly compensation only increased by about 160%, with this inequity growing substantially from the 80s onward. In other words, workers are getting less than half of the pay per unit of work as they were in the early 1970s. And of course, it goes without saying that certain populations were hit harder than others, including those in the service economy, taxi drivers, delivery people, frontline workers, often the ones making a lower minimum wage, while being expected to produce greater output. For decades, centralized bodies, that is the employer, have used their position as an intermediary to extract massive wealth from workers while giving them less for their efforts. This is done in exchange for the service that they provide as the employer. In the example of a taxi driver, this would be the taxi company that provides its name brand, maybe a little bit of marketing and dispatch. In the case of Uber, they simply provide the software for customers to connect with the individual providing the service. In the world of Web3, it is only a matter of time before we start seeing decentralized organizations providing opportunities for individuals to bring their labor directly to market, without the need for an intermediary organization or employer. This could be in the form of a decentralized autonomous organization, or DAO, for example, which offers opportunities for gig economy workers where they get to keep the vast majority of their wealth with the exception of a small administrative fee to maintain the DAO. The end result will be greater economic opportunity for workers and less money going into the pockets of already wealthy employers, executives, and shareholders. No longer will workers have to give up a massive amount of what should be their income to these intermediaries who, in this day and age, are becoming increasingly redundant. To wrap things up, Web3 is still in its infancy, and it will be for a while before the use cases highlighted above are implemented at scale. That being said, 
To some extent, all these use cases are already happening in practice, whether through pilot projects, emerging DAOs, or up-and-coming collectives. It will take time for the kinks to be worked out, and for these ideas to catch on, but when they do, the end result will be a fairer, more equitable economy and world. This is the connection between social impact and cutting out the middleman, and this is why using Web3 tools and technology to cut out the so-called middleman will lead to a better world. Well, that's all for now. Thanks for tuning into the Crypto Altruism Podcast. For more great content exploring the intersections of cryptocurrency, blockchain, and social impact, check us out at cryptoaltruism.org. Also, check out the show notes to learn how you can support us, including by buying us a coffee. We operate on the support of the community, so anything helps. Thanks so much for joining us, and I hope you'll join us again for our next episode. Until then, keep on doing good in the cryptosphere. Thank you for listening to the Crypto Altruism Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on new episodes as they're released, and check out cryptoaltruism.org for more inspiring content.